hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. And, of course, uh, Spotify seems to be the uh, <laughs> the one they like us to push. Also, we are a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. Greatly appreciated from Dylan and Kyle coming out of Vancouver, British Columbia. Well, thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today to talk Minnesota Wild Hockey, a team that continues to kind of struggle up and down, struggle to score. Dean Everson's tired of talking about it. The players probably are as well. In fact, I'm sure they are. Minnesota Wild in the month of February so far, 1-5. and five. And, well, we were basically meatloafed. Yeah, no, actually we weren't. It was worse than that. Um, yeah, we, we lost uh, three and won one game. So we weren't quite meatloafed. It was even worse, like two for one. Yeah, but anyhow, the Wild lose to Vegas 5-1. to one, Beat New Jersey 3-2, to two, an impressive win. Followed up by 2-1 to one versus Florida, the team that gives up five goals a game. I'm slightly exaggerating there. Colorado team that struggled, but of course it's Colorado. You lose 3-2. to two. A 2-1 two to one loss to Florida. This is at home, by the way. Then this upcoming week, we get to play Dallas. <laughs> we get to play Dallas. Nashville and Los Angeles, and then head to Columbus in the next week. So it's actually three three games to preview. Dallas, Nashville, and Los Angeles. All, of course, Western Conference clubs should be quite interesting. Uh, this show is going to be a little different today. It's going to be more topical than game review-y, so to speak, if that makes any sense. It's probably better that way. You know, obviously, a two-to-one game is... It's not because I don't want to talk about it, but it's because partially, yeah, my silly person um, didn't talk about something I really wanted to get into last week, so I guess we'll get into it this week instead. Uh, the, the kind of ongoing conversation, you know, who's who's Nadinov versus um, Luke Cunning. It's, I'm definitely not somebody that likes to brag or boast or like, oh, toot my horn, but the, the, <clears throat> the conversation I brought up where I basically said that Kunin for whose Nadinov trade looks better and better every day. There is no way in hell Kunin would already have 37 points in the KHL this season. Not to mention Kuz skating and defensive abilities that have always stood out. Kuz Nadinov's NHL contract or KHL contract ends next spring. Hashtag MN uh, MN Wild. So, um, and of course, I, I yeah, that's where I messed up. I didn't do the hashtag BGWMN. And it threw me off. I wanted to get into it. See, now the part where I'm like, I don't want to toot my horn. It got, it got uh, uh, pretty, vi- that was one of the more viral tweets I've had in quite a while. Uh, over 13,000, you know, views. So, again, it's not necessarily about, wow, look at all the views. Because I know a lot of you out there that do podcasts and write, you probably see 13,000 pretty frequently. Um, not me all the time. So, it was, it just, I don't know, it got pretty interesting. <laughs> it, it turned into a fairly interesting conversation. So, it's kind of like a miniature fan interaction here for a second. Uh, Logan Jensen. Okay, I'm going to actually go back to the beginning. Where, where did it go? Wasn't somebody, yeah, somebody disagreed with me. Uh, did they Did they delete their tweet? It couldn't have. I don't think they did. I'm going to make sure. I, I apologize. I had it up. Okay, yep. Yeah, all I have to do is click on that. Okay, yeah, it was Lizard to Kaprizov, <clears throat> to Lizard Kaprizov. He says, come on, Cunning already had a 30-point season in the NHL. He would be a star in the KHL. I like the trade, but he's, let's not dog Cunning. I responded, well, I was saying, we'll see. 
I wasn't dogging on anyone, just optimistic about Kuznetsov's future, that's all. And yeah, I wasn't really dogging on Kunin, but at the same time, Luke Kunin doesn't really look like a first-round pick to me. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about Luke Kunin some more in the Nashville preview. So that's a major thing. Kuznetsov, um, at least, you know, there's something there, like a legitimate center of the future for the Minnesota Wild. I hope he doesn't wind up on a wing, but with the way he plays, I don't think he is a future uh, wing in the NHL. I, I do think he's a center. I think it's legit. The only thing that may or may not push him away is maybe his just, you know, he's he's not a tall guy, basically, bottom line. But his skating ability is defensive ability. Usually defensive ability, or lack thereof, is what knocks guys off of the center position. <clears throat> like, say, Matt Boldy was a center at one point in his life. Um, a lot of people don't really think about him as a center unless maybe something like, you know, the, uh, the power play or something crazy. Maybe not the power play, but like the the three-on-three, something like that. Maybe I'm just full of crap, but it is what it is. It's a conversation. But I wanted to kind of get to this, and I apologize for those of you that did respond to this uh, conversation. I didn't get back to it. Uh, It's just my own fault. Logan Jensen was a projected projected season. He's in Iowa, St. Paul. That could be at the end of next season. At the end of next April, apparently, uh, Huznadinov's KHL contract comes to an end. So... Yep, I was saying St. Paul. Uh, the KHL is on par with the with the AHL, if not better. Yep, so I was kind of going back and forth with a couple people. I'm going to back up here. Yeah, there's, I don't know, it's hard to get it chronological at times. I guess look at the date. Thomas Sitter <laughs> sorry. When will we know? Yep, if he comes across the pond. Yep, that was... Um, T. Lou Spoilers said the contract ends in April 2024, so summer of 2024. Be in Iowa or make the roster out of training camp fall of 2024. Thomas responds with, would the announcement be earlier or right up to the wire? Two uh, Spoilers says, depends if Merritt signs an entry-level contract. He's probably coming over, uh, but if he remains unsigned, then I don't know. <sighs> Yeah, that would really suck. Um, I, yeah, I think he signs a. I I think he's coming to Minnesota. At the end of the day, I would be kind of surprised if he wound up in Iowa, because he's already having some pretty decent success in the KHL. The KHL is better than the AHL, and the AHL is third probably at the end of the day. So people talking about how, oh, Cunning already had thirty points in the NHL and blah blah blah. Yeah, but who's <laughs> Natinov's doing better than that? And it's in less games though. Kunin would have like 30 points the whole dang season. So, I don't know. And I'm not, again, trying to dog on him. White Dread Enthusiast responds with the whole thing about the Huznetinov back and forth. Says, he's a stud. 38 points at 20 years old is unheard of from players not named Kaprizov and Tarasenko. That's the point. Yes, he's he's super duper young. And it's the KHL. The KHL is actually a little bit tougher to score. Kaprizov wouldn't get 100 points in the KHL because just the way it is there. It's a little different. Where you know, so in a way, it's <laughs> it's almost like the numbers are lower there. Or well, they are. It's not even almost like uh, Hideki Nishida. Interesting says that Kunin plays physical for his size, but he's generally been a negative puck possession driver. In addition to not being a particularly good scorer. Exactly. I think you nailed that one. Um, I didn't follow. I better. Yep. Yeah, they don't follow either. I'll follow them back. Hopefully they say. Uh, hopefully you follow back would be great. I believe that's the end of the back and forth. There's a quote tweet. Yes. Okay, cool. Heath. Heath Wiggins 12 says him and Caprice are going to be uh, are going to be so good. Yep. And 
I agree. Absolutely. I hope we're following. I think we are. Nope. Okay, we'll follow there. <laughs> the more the merrier, right? That's kind of what it's all about on Twitter. We kind of like to get back and forth with each other. Um, there is Derek Felska. Yeah. <laughs> well, they started a show. Derek and Derek Felska and Kalisha Tonsell have started a show. It is called Crease and Assist. And I think I announced it last week, actually. Yep, definitely check it out. Very, 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 very good. Uh, sounds like episode number three will be uh, recorded this Sunday, if I'm saying that correctly. Derek Felska, of course, a huge, huge part of this show, and I just, you know, can't say enough, and I'm going to keep, uh, I'm going to definitely fire away some questions for his show as well. Maybe we could have uh, our back-and-forth lightning rounds for each other's shows here and there. <laughs> It'd be a lot of fun. Kalicha does really good as well. Uh, two very, very experienced hockey fans. Um, they've both written for, for years. Uh, Derek has been about 18 years or so. Uh, now he's kind of moved to youth when it comes to writing, and when it comes to the wild, he'd rather use his voice than, than uh, his keyboard, apparently. So that's, there's nothing wrong with that, and really well done, I'd have to say. Better better than he thinks. Uh, so And a lot of times I do a show, and I feel like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how that turned out. And then it's like, people are like, that was really good. It's like, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> you know, so... It feels hard. It feels really hard as you're doing it sometimes. Even even when you're a veteran who's been doing it for a, over a decade, it feels like, ah, oh, man, I really, I really, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I missed the boat in that show, and then turns out, okay, maybe not. So, uh, the conversation in last podcast was like addition by subtraction. The Wild need to do a lot with the Wolves are doing. That's kind of an ongoing theme because there's a lot of guys that I would consider dead weight. Dead weight. Uh, Ryan Herman had a really nice goal. Versus the New Jersey Devils that tied it up and ultimately helped lead the wolf, uh, the wild, the wolves, the wild, to victory. Ultimately in the shootout. Sorry, uh, another major conversation that's everywhere now. And again, I would like to parent uh, parrot words from other people, but the whole Gustafson versus um, Flurry conversation. There's no doubt about it. Eh, who who the starting goalie should be? Uh, it's Philip Gustafson. It's Philip Gustafson. He should probably be a two out of three type of guy. So far, it's been kind of a swap, a 50-50 swap. But you know what? You know what? Bottom line, I'll take the 50-50 swap versus like Flurry being two out of three or three out of four or four out of five. Like Devin Dubnik was like four out of five. Like let the other guy freaking play. Sometimes the other guy's better. Like even if the other guy was Alex Stalock, at times he was the better goalie. Uh, smaller, more more limited, so to speak, but faster. He was faster, more agile. Dubnik, at the end of his career, was just kind of like there. Uh, Fleury, at this stage of his career, my feeling about him is he's just an older guy who's, at this stage of his career, he's an average goalie now. He's an average goalie now. He's not the guy he was. It's plain and simple. He is an average goalie now who gives up about three goals a game. A lot of those older guys or guys that were never that never were that great gave up about give up about three goals a game and are around ninety to eighty nine uh, save percentage, and that's pretty much where uh, Flurry has been. And in fact, he's been quite worse the past X amount of games, the past like six, seven, eight, nine games now. Flurry's not been good. Bottom line, he's just kind of average. And the goals he gave up against Colorado. We're like, what the hell? I mean, and it's not just Colorado. It's other games where long distance goals, you know, that that weren't really, you know, I mean, you had a you had a line of sight, didn't you? I really, you know, it's stuff like that that just kind of sets you like, he's not that good. Where where Gustafson's making some pretty awesome saves, 
some pretty freaking awesome saves. So Gustafson obviously deserves credit to be a starting goalie. Obviously, there's always that fear of like, oh boy, if you're like, oh, it's your job, it's your job now. And then the, it's, it's, it's a whole different ball game. And now all of a sudden he's giving up four or five goals. But uh, three or four goals is more like it, not four or five. <laughs> but um, that, that always could happen. But I don't know. I, I think, to me, Gustafson has shown a steadiness to his game. He doesn't get fooled real easy. And right now, flashing on the screen, Matt Boldy. Matt Boldy with his first legitimate fight. That was a pretty good one. Actually, and he won. He actually won, too. So, very impressive versus the Colorado Avalanche. We'll talk about that in a little bit if I get to it. It's not the most important thing in the world. It's just interesting to see. And Boldy, you can see kind of he was kind of getting, you know, he's been getting a little more aggressive physically lately, for the most part, anyway. But kind of, you know, <laughs> that type of thing. But, again, the, the Gustafson versus Flurry. I really feel that Gustafson is the starting goalie for this team going forward, and that also long-term, and I did bring up this question uh, going into Derek's show for Sunday, that um, I brought up the conversation that <sighs> Gustafson can easily lead into uh, Jesper Volstead long-term. In terms of <clears throat> maybe, obviously, the main guy, Volstead comes in as a backup, so there's less pressure on him. Maybe it's two out of three, three out of four for uh, Philip Gustafson, depending on things. Volstead's going to adjust to the NHL, and he's going to be a really, really, really high-end goalie. But that doesn't mean you just toss uh, Gustafson to the side, like, ah, you know, he's not the future. It's okay. And Fleury, he's, he's 90 years old. You know, I don't want to say that to, uh, about either goalie. Fleury is a short-term piece to this team. Uh, legendary name. Major respect. Love you. Love you, Marc-Andre Fleury. Gustafson is a guy that could be here longer term, though. Uh, you know, obviously the starter at first with Volstead, maybe leading into a platoon, right? Like kind of like what's been going on with Flurry, and then ultimately maybe a really, really good backup goalie long term as well. Because um, I don't think you'd, you'd you don't want to overuse any goalie on this planet. I wouldn't be surprised if for an extended period, if Gustafson is as good as he is, that they could be a platoon for for an extended period. Uh, goalies take time to adjust to the National Hockey League. Uh, Volstead d- hasn't taken all that long to adjust to the AHL, but I'm sure he'll have a setback or two where he drops off, he gets he gets beat. I mean, he did get beat recently, so that's that's how it goes. He's had a couple games where he's given up a few goals, you know, like three, four goals uh, in the AHL. So, uh, again, that that's kind of my vision when it comes to... Uh, and, and it's the exact vision I was hoping for. Like, somehow, some way, I, I just had this feeling at the beginning of the year... And it's not because I'm Nostradamus or the greatest or the greatest hockey wonk in the world and I knew everything about Gustafson. I knew he's going to be all-star level. I, I knew it. See, you guys were all idiots. Yeah, I knew it. No, that's not at all what I'm saying. I was just, I had this inkling, like somehow he was going to end up being pretty good because it seems like a lot of times in the wild pick up a goalie like that, they just, they, they fit like a glove and they end up being really good. It just seems to be our tradition around here, going all the way back to Dwayne Rolison. All the way back to Dwayne Rolison. I just said it. <laughs> That's a long way. It's back, folks. 20 years ago. Plus, um, I had a feeling he was going to wind up being good and that ultimately he could be the goalie that leads to Jesper Volstead uh, in terms of, you know, again, like I just said, he's the starter. Volstead's the backup. It, it turns into a platoon and then maybe like a Volstead gradually becomes the starter. But, but it's not like, you know, Dubnik or uh, Carey Price or something like that, where they're in net 70 games every year. 
Patrick Waugh, you know, guys like that. It's not going to be like that anymore because goalies break down. Those goalies broke down. Jonathan Quick was in the net way too much. That's why he had about a three-year slump, basically, because his body was, like, messed up. Somehow, some way, Jonathan Quick has had a pretty impressive renaissance the last two years or so, and that's great. But that's, that is not the norm. That's an extremely rare occurrence going forward with uh, any goaltender. In fact, it's a downright miracle that Jonathan Quick is still as good as he is, quite frankly, in my opinion. But... But, well, that's, that's a testament to who he is. Jonathan Quick deserves a lot of respect. Okay, um, I'm not going to go heavy into the game reviews. I'm really not. I'll get into some here and there. Just generally, the Wild were awful against the Vegas Golden Knights, a 5-1 to game. Marc-Andre Fleury was not good. Uh, Philip Gustafson came in and stopped all eight shots after Marc-Andre Fleury gave up five goals. That type of thing. Aiden Hill... Um, ended up having to come in. Logan Thompson is hurt, uh, apparently. So you can see him on the injured list. He's on my fantasy team. I be- Yeah, he was actually, yeah, he was on my fantasy team at the beginning of the year. And you get that little, you know, red cross next to his name. So that means, yeah. So unfortunately, after giving up one goal at some point later in the game, uh, Logan Thompson is oot for the moment. And then Aiden Hill stopped the remaining four shots by Minnesota. Just an overall awful game. Kaprizov, Mr. Consistent in every game, scoring goals, finding a way to the back of the net. Somehow, some way, uh, he just gets it done. Uh, some of the goals that Kaprizov had this week were downright ridiculous, like off the charts, awesome. Uh, particularly against the Florida Panthers and Colorado Avalanche in the latter stages of this uh, <clears throat> of this week. But Kaprizov's on pace for 50, uh, 47 goals and 97 points. So unfortunately, the total uh, the point total is a little lower. We'll move on from this one quickly. Just I mean, what are you going to say? You know, we got our asses handed to us. Yeah, we did. And it's probably better if I try to get more and more topical with this show than just game reviews, this and that. Because sometimes you can only babble so much about one individual game. That type of thing. Sorry for the noise. (laughs) It's a New Jersey Devil game. This was a fun night. Uh, Fun night. Apparently my brother and some of his family got to go with uh, his father-in-law. So that must have been a lot of fun. Obviously, the the father-in-law is... A familiar name for those of you out on uh, Minnesota Wild Global. That would be David Kostek. So, yep, David Kostek. Pretty cool taking them to the game and such. So, yep, David Kostek. Some of you know him on Minnesota Wild Global, of course. Big time, big time hockey guy going back well into the North Stars history. Probably pretty much most of it. And, yeah, it was a fun night. Gustafson made great saves. Did a great job. And he didn't stink on the shootout in this game. It was the next game where he stunk on the shootout. <laughs> Gustafson hasn't, hasn't really been bad in the shootout. He just had a bad shootout in general against the, the Panthers for some reason. I don't know why. He just did. I don't know the reason. Kaprizov did not score in this game. This is the one he didn't score in. But uh, the other two games, just unbelievably sick goals. And um, Ryan Hartman getting close to the net, deflecting a Dumba shot. And that was nice. That ended up tying up the game. That was probably one of the highlights other than uh, Goudreau's game winner once again, along with Zuccarello's shootout goal that kind of made you think about Ryan Johansson, I believe it was. Was was it Ryan Johansson with the Wild, where it almost comes to a complete stop and then just, boop, you know, he's kind of moving the puck around. Patrick Kane is notorious for that as well in the past. Future Minnesota Wild, Patrick Kane, no. <clears throat> Ryan Hartman definitely got a short, uh, drew a short straw earlier in the game when he was trying to protect uh, Kirill Kaprizov in a situation there, because they're back on the same line again. Got the uh, game misconduct, so that's why you see 17 penalty minutes uh, next to his name. <clears throat> Pretty crazy. So that one, obviously, 
you can't really get mad at Ryan Harmon, and the coach kind of defended him on that one, so understandable. The coach being Dean Evison, of course. <sighs> yep, and they just replayed Kaprizov's like almost like a almost like a basketball post uh, basketball player posting up like Hakeem Olajuwon doing like a dream shake. That's almost what it looked like against the Colorado Avalanche. He was defended almost perfectly, and Kaprizov still found a way to get the puck released and into the net. It was a sick play against the Colorado Avalanche again. Hakeem Olajuwon like dream shake style almost. That's almost what it was like. <laughs> Hakeem Olajuwon was pretty good for those of you out there that may care. Um, Goligoski and Reeves were uh, scratches. Goligoski, poor guy, but and then of course he got really snake bit. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but yeah, Reeves has been scratched lately a bit more, and we're getting to see more Shaw. Unfortunately, hasn't really produced a whole lot, but he, it's not like he's been bad or anything. Just not that exciting. You're kind of getting the original fourth line this season with uh, Connor DeWar centering Deham and Shaw, Steele has been on the third line. Steele has been on the fourth line, kind of back and forth between those two. Connor Dewar and, and Shaw kind of up and down, and Brandon Haim has been all the way up to the second line uh, in, in some cases, I believe that most recently, um, especially with the uh, departure of Marcus Felino with a stinger, as they call it, versus Florida. So uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I apologize, but an impressive win versus the Devils. Let's keep going quickly, quickly, quickly. Let's see how much time have I elapsed already. Yeah, I better keep moving. Sorry. Yep. <clears throat> Florida, the 2-1 to one loss. Uh, the Wild were fortunate that a goal was disallowed. Florida might have won this one in regulation. But the infamous, we can't score, we can't score, we can't score. No, we can't. Because Bobrovsky is a mediocre goalie. Florida is a team that scores at an elite level, an elite level. We kept them to... to uh, one goal. We kept them to one goal in regulation. And you don't win? You don't win? Like, why? Seriously, you, you can't get the job done? You, you just, seriously, you can't? Apparently not. Uh, only 20, uh, 28 shots on that. Gustafson faced 34. And, of course, was beat uh, on the two shots he faced in the shootout, which was damn frustrating. It went pretty quick. And it, it was just, I don't know. It was a bummer, but I don't know. Just not a good night overall. Kalen Addison's been racking up assists, but overall his play hasn't been all that great. Sam Steele's it was the scratch in this one. It's almost kind of becoming a rotation, which is something they keep talking about avoiding. But um, yeah, Steele was the scratch. Goligoski's been the consistent one in that case. Kaprizov with an absolutely ridiculous release on the shot. Coming in from the left side. Beautiful release on the shot. Again, very tightly defended and still got the puck released into the upper corner there. It was just unreal. I believe it was the left corner. Was it the right? Did he get all the way into the right? Yeah, great play, though, regardless. By Kirill Kaprizov releasing on the shot and finishing. But And it figures. Whenever the Wild get, like, one or maybe two goals, Kaprizov is the guy most of the time. Uh, again, frustrating loss, nonetheless. As the Wild stopped seven power plays against one of the best power plays in the NHL with Florida. Seven power plays. Great penalty kill. It's been moving up. You'll probably see a much higher number <laughs> when we get into the previous segment in a minute here. Um, but couldn't couldn't do anything, though, otherwise. Uh, but then again, that's probably one of the reasons why the Wild ultimately only got one goal, because we were at a disadvantage uh, for such a long time in this game. Against Florida, anyway, that game. <clears throat> Colorado Avalanche, 3-2 win. No shootout necessary. <clears throat> None of that crap. Marc-Andre Fleury only faced 19 shots in the game. And the three goals he gave up, you could argue every single one of those goals is like, really? You, you got to make that stop. 
The Wild probably could have got a shutout in this game or went 2-1, 3-1 in this game. 2-1 would have been just fine because you win the game. But seriously, all three of the goals, it's like they were like a mile away. Except, well, except for the third one, which was kind of a weak five hole. Just kind of, again, putting the puck on net. <clears throat> and sometimes that skill of a player where they kind of lull you to sleep and then just, okay, right through, like all kind of gentle-like. And that's, you could kind of say what that's what that was. It is Nathan McKinnon and all that, but... Ugh. Shots from, like, way out there. Like, again, like like a mile away, like 38 feet away. Like, what is this? Plenty of... Uh, fa- plenty of line of sight. I just don't know. Kaprizov's goal, again, like I described, like a Hakeem Olajuwon dream shake. It was that good. <laughs> it was so cool, like the release. And that's been on the highlight reels, basically, on uh, NHL Network, which is flashing on the screen since we can't have the replay flashing on the screen right now. As, uh, well, TNT's not replaying it at the moment. Yeah, uh, it is what it is, and I did, I did watch the game. So, and overall, uh, you know, the kind of game that, I don't know, you felt like you deserved better, that kind of thing, if you're at the game, that type of thing. If you're fortunate enough to be at the game, you felt like you deserved better. Kalen Addison scratched. Alex Goligoski again. Uh, yep. Alex Goligoski mm, kind of is what it is there. He was adequate in the game. Marcus Foligno uh, scratched because of the stinger situation. So this way you have both Reeves and Shaw out there. Yeah, Reeves, Reeves and Shaw. And uh, Duhame was all the way up on the second line in, in some cases. Uh, the line combinations of late have been uh, Hartman, Kaprizov, Zuccarillo, Jules Eriksson-Eck, Brennan Duhame, and Boldy. Very interesting combination, actually. And Jules Eriksson-Eck had a pretty nice week. Boldy was okay, and in some cases he wasn't. Like, really nasty turnover. That didn't help. Like, it looked like we had something going. And a uh, scoring chance possibility. And he just kind of like, oh, wh- okay, I guess I guess not. He just kind of got gobbled up. He got poke-checked pretty good and gobbled up. That was extremely frustrating. Uh, Steel... Greenway Goudreau, very interesting again with that one. Greenway has been completely invisible. I don't think anybody's happy with Greenway right now. I think anybody would trade him for a fifth-round pick the way he's playing. Like, you know, like a Mike Riley type of trade. Like, yeah, he's barely, you know, functional. That's kind of what it was like with Mike Riley uh, in his last days with Minnesota before. Like, fifth-round pick, okay. That might be Greenway now at this stage. Yeah, um, Goudreau, we might not give him up for, for a, for a first-round pick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> At least uh, Dean Evison might not. Dewar, Mason, Sean, Ryan Reeves. Interesting. Pretty much a classic fourth line there, you could say. Uh, we'll see what happens with Felino. He'll probably come back. Must have been a pretty bad stinger, though, for him to not be out there. Like a terrible bruise type of thing. That's why it's day-to-day in his case. A terrible bruise. Had to be. Um, yeah. It, and then, of course, the defensive pairings have been up and down because of, I don't know, a- Addison has been scoring, well, you know, he he's, he he got a ton of assists this past week, or a ton. He's been just getting assists anyway, not a ton. But he gets, you know, two or three assists a week. That's pretty good for a rookie. In fact, he's the top-scoring defenseman rookie out there right now. Um, but generally speaking, anything, everything other than that, he hasn't been all that great. Obviously, his defensive presence hasn't been that great. So, And he's a smaller guy. You can't expect too much uh, strength from him either. So... Kind of is what it is right now. Hopefully, uh, Addison can get better and better. Goligoski's no long-term or really even a short-term solution. Unfortunately, poor guy. And yeah, he did end up getting a very ticky-tack call, which led to a penalty shot 
this week as well. Very, very ticky-tack. That was against Vegas at the very beginning, that 5-1 to loss that I didn't mention. Ticky-tack, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> maybe maybe you disagree, but that felt like he got a little bit of a little bit of a tough call there. Um, with that said, the Mike Madonna Award winner for this week is Philip Gustafson, despite the shootout goals given up. Again, he was really good. Uh, other than that, uh, I wish he didn't give up those goals, but if you're going to decide a whole week, you know, uh, like one session in the shootout, I, I don't know. It was too bad, but overall, he kept us in the game. Every game he's been in, uh, he's been wonderful for the most part. Certainly not perfect. He'll have a stinker once in a while, but not very often. Sometimes it's the players in front of him that stink. The James Shepard Memorial. I heard uh, Derek mention that. The James Shepard Memorial. Yep, guys up in the press box, basically. <laughs> yep, James Shepard Memorial is going to Mason Shaw. No, it's not going to Mason Shaw. It could be a combination of Greenway or even Flurry. It, it's, it might be hard to do this, but like Gustafson being Mike Madonna award winner and then Marc-Andre Fleury being the James Shepard Memorial, but I kind of have to. Is, is it all his fault? Of course not. But were those goals really weak? Yes. Yes, they were weak. I think the Wild could have won that game pretty easily versus Colorado. Those goals were weak. So I, I'm going with that. You could have at least gone 500 this week. Maybe you actually got five of uh, five of eight points. That's okay. That's It's not good. It's not good. You're not going to make the playoffs playing 500 hockey. It's, it's over. In fact, the Wild are out of the playoffs at the moment. But you play 500 hockey. This season's over. And we'll be talking about the draft more than any type of, uh, like, what's the Wild are going to do in the playoffs or anything cool like that. Or even the trade deadline. We'll be talking about the draft more. And maybe that is what we're talking about anyway. With that said, we'll take a quick break, get to preview segment, and keep moving. three games with Dallas, Nashville, and Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Kings with Kevin Fiala and all that cool stuff. But first, let's hear from DraftKings. That's right, it is time to talk about DraftKings, and believe it or not, this is a hockey show, but we will be addressing NBA fans. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, with the batting, but yep, NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Pretty cool. Same-game parlays could be like Anthony Edwards going out there and scoring his 31 points. I hope he does it. As often as possible, Mike Conley getting 10 assists. Nice addition, Mike Conley, and you'll hear that about him on Timberwolves Explosion tomorrow. Check that out if you're into basketball. I don't know. I shouldn't be saying that right now, but I <laughs> apologize to DraftKings there. But, um, <laughs> yep, the same game parlays, no doubt about it, though. I mean, it, it's fun. Keep up with the uh, 
the DraftKings and all that. Um, excuse me, with uh, Mike Conley, with the Timberwolves and all that. But maybe you're a Laker fan. Maybe you're interested in seeing D'Angelo Russell, what he can do with them. Or LeBron James is now the NBA scoring champion. As empty as that felt last week. <laughs> as empty as that felt. They didn't even win the game against a mediocre team. But, it, hey, in the betting world, you don't have to like the Lakers. Just bet that LeBron James is going to get a triple-double or something. And that's a pretty nice parlay. So what the heck, why not? Download the app now. And sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Yep, and I will be very sure to have a disclaimer in there also in the show notes for, you know, just, you know, <laughs> the dangers of gambling and all that. So, <laughs> so where was I? Previews, humanly possible. And I'll try to not babble my butt off here because I tend to do that in these previews. I tend to, my memory starts kicking in and I, or I start getting in a rant. But the Dallas Stars, yeah, uh, not them again. Seriously. Wild penalty kill is now ninth. The power play is eighth. Impressive. Okay, anyhow, goals for. The, <laughs> yeah, whoa, we can't score. Yeah, I know. Goals for 11th for Dallas, 25th for Minnesota. Goals against 3rd for Dallas, 11th for Minnesota. <sighs> Anything we can do, they can do better. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, power play. Somehow the Wild are 8th. Somehow we're 8th. That's impressive because pretty much all of our points have been, all of our goals anyway, have been on the power play this year, which is, that's nice. It's just, if we could somehow find a friendly medium where, okay, wow, we're so good 5-5, five and five, but my God, our power play is like 25th in the league. Come on, we're never going to win anything in the playoffs. But you're not going to get to the playoffs if you can't score in 5-5. Five and five. So it's like, find the friendly medium somewhere. Penalty kill, Dallas is second in the league, which again, shades of the good old days of the North Stars, when we were like first and second place for the last two years they were here. Penalty kill, ninth for Minnesota, which again was pretty crappy for a while. Now it's ninth. Huge jump. Penalty minutes still sucks. Wilder, 30th. Dallas is 11th, or excuse me, 18th. Where did I come up with that number? The Wild Trail, the season series, 2-1. to one. We won 6-5 to five in a game we led 5-1. to one. It went to the shootout. We miraculously survived that, scoring three times against Oninger. I don't know how we did that, but miracles happen sometimes. And then the Stars with a pair of 4-1 to one victories, one in Minnesota, one in Dallas after that. Wrap up the season series on Feb 17. That would be tomorrow night in Excel Energy Center. Please win the game. Please win the game. As a betting man, like, say, drafting Sportsbook, I'd probably pick the Stars with the way the Wild have been playing. But if Gustafson's in net, the Wild have a chance to pull this off 3-2, to 4-2, to two, something like that. 2-1, eh, to one, actually. <laughs> the fact we don't score much and Ottinger's an elite goalie. <sighs> Should I step on in faith and pick a win? Should I pick the Wild to win? But the Wild have been funny and interesting. It's been a sucky month of February, but i got to think we're bound to have a two-in-one week even against tough opponents like this, you got to beat the Stars and even the season series. you got to do it. The Wild win 2-1. to one. Most likely going to score will be Kirill Kaprizov. He scores against Dallas, and Robertson will probably hit the goal for Dallas. But then again, it's about, about three or four guys that have been kicking our butts for Dallas this year, not just Robertson. <laughs> it's been an interesting go. Uh, super briefly, yep, Ottinger, 2.23 goals against. He's the only goalie pretty much better than Gustafson this year. Four goals against, 9-2-5. It'll be a goalie duo, unless they put Fleury in. Uh, put Gustafson in, okay? Seriously, just, just put Gustafson in, that's all you gotta say. Robertson with 71 points, 34 goals, 37 assists. He's ahead of Kaprizov right now, and it's an interesting rivalry between those two. 
Hints, who had a hat trick this year against the Wild, 23 goals, 27 assists, that's 50 points. Pavalski also 50 points in 55 games, so on and so forth. Ryan Suter, only 13 points in 55 games, a single goal, and a dozen assists. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> For the sake of not babbling. The Nashville Predators, and there's your Luke Cunning show. Oh, Luke Cunning. This would be on Monday, February? No, Sunday, February 19th. Sunday, February 19th, it's a matinee. It's a matinee. Yeah, it's a matinee. <laughs> it's a matinee. The Wild might get swept this week. Yeah, these matinees. Do, do, do we ever play well in these? Philip Forsberg, as of February 13th, he was out for that game. That doesn't mean he's going to be out for our game. <laughs> he always seems to find a way back in and play well against us. Alexandra Carrier, with, uh, he's out four to six weeks, as if, so he's not going to play, probably. No, that would only be about three. Mark Borowiecki, sorry, uh, placed an injured reserve a long time ago. So, and Felino again had a stinger, as they call it. So, hit with the puck. Nashville is slightly worse than the Wild this year. 29th in goals, are pretty crappy. Uh, goals against, 9th, so actually better. That's Soros. Uh, yep, and Nashville beat the Wild 2-1 earlier this year, way back on November 15th. And this has not been a good matchup for the Wild at all. Uh, power plays 29th for Nashville Wilds 8th, remember. 16th penalty kill, penalty minutes their 22nd, so on and so forth. It's a three-game series. Nashville is 3-2 and two in their last five, interestingly, despite the fact they haven't been all that good. 2-1 to one win versus Winnipeg, 6-4 win versus New Jersey, 5-1 loss versus Vegas. That sounds familiar. 2-1 to one win over Philly in Philly. Uh, everybody's beating Philly these days. Screw you, Kansas City. <laughs> We can hate on Eagles fans all we want. I cannot stand the Chiefs. I'm sorry. No, no, just no. Uh-uh. Arizona, they lost to the Arizona Coyotes. That sounds like a wild type of performance. 5-1 loss versus Vegas, who's not playing well, and they've like nine players out. 5-1 loss. And then it's 4-2 loss versus Arizona. Ugh, yeah! Stanley Cup, baby. Not. Um, not. Well... President's Day, huh? That's coming up. Soros, he's just been mediocre, but yeah, do you blame him? Everybody else has not been good in front of him. Save percentage is 92. That's all you need to know when you look at that. He's been facing about 55 shots a game, probably. That, you know, to have a goals against average of 2.73 and a save percentage about 92. Just put two and two together. That's all you got to do there. Josie with 31 assists. He's, yeah, he, he's as good as it gets when it comes to the Natural Predators. Uh, it's one of those teams that are their best players are defensemen, like Brent Burns of the Sharks. Roman Josie is, is about as good of a defenseman as there is in the league. 44 points in 51 games. You know, not the craziest numbers, but sure as heck not the worst. Nino Niederreiter is mediocre. You know, he's a he's a bottom six guy. I'm sorry. In his, in his prime, sure, maybe second line, third line, Grand, Grandland, Grandland, you know. You wish he was a top-line player, but again, it's guys like that. There's a reason why they're not in the Wild anymore. There's a reason why the Wild didn't uh, ever achieve major success during those days when that was our great farm system that looked so exciting. We're trying it again now with the uh, the Rossies, the Boldies, the Soans, the Soforths, the Husnadinovs, and you could go on all day. Uh, Brock Faber, so on and so forth. But hopefully that one's more successful. Obviously, again, there's a reason why these guys are, they're not that old, and they're all over the league. The Zuckers, the Granlins, the Niederreiters, they're together now in Nashville. Granlin, Granlin with uh, 29 points. 
six goals only, and that's the thing. Doesn't score a whole lot except that one year when he had that one year he had that hat trick against uh, Vancouver. What did he have? Twenty nine goals that year. That was fun, fun season. But since then, he was like a seventy point guy that year. And since then, it's just kind of back to you know 50, 60 points. He's 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 okay. Woohoo! Cody Glass, the the guy who never did a whole lot for Vegas, who's a team that doesn't. You know, it's like the Chuck, uh, what was his name? Doug Risebrow era, dumpster dog with, except slightly more success in Vegas overall and all that, but it's a slightly more, you know, it's a very interesting place to be too. But when it comes to the draft and all that, yeah, they don't even try, it seems like. I don't know, Cody Glass. He was actually looked on as their star uh, prospect once upon a time, and he's a half a point a guy on Nashville now. Yay. It's great. <laughs> it's great. The Wilds should win this game, but it's a matinee, and the Wild always lose to Nashville. So if I pick the Wild to beat the Stars, I can't pick the Wild to beat Nashville. It's kind of a flip, though. I think you almost flip a coin. We're going to win one and lose one, but these stupid freaking, these stupid, like, I think it'll be some kind of emotional, like, yeah, we're sick of losing. We're going to beat the Stars tonight. Boom, you know, and the Wild win. Let's say three to two. Let's say three to two, not two to one, three to two. Well, get three goals against Dallas. Wow, uh, and then uh, and then follow up with a mad performance versus Nashville, like four to two or something stupid like that. Four to two, three to two, something stupid. That the Wild end up losing. It's really frustrating. So on and so forth. Most likely got to score Jared Spurgeon in that game. Nashville Predators are done. Oh, they they beat the Wild. Los Angeles Kings. <sighs> oh, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I want to believe the Wild can meatloaf this week, but I think we're going to get meatloafed. The Kings are second place in the Pacific Division. Vegas isn't going to win that division anymore. It's falling apart quickly at the seams, as they say. Carl Grundstrom, apparently according to Coach Todd McClellan, which is, that guy, yeah, that Todd McClellan, sometimes it's like, yeah, I don't know. He's kind of a wide-open kind of guy, isn't he? He's like a way better version of uh, Todd Richards. Yeah, well, yeah. Not great, but better version of Todd Richards, whatever that means, right? Velarde out for Fed 13 against Buffalo, so that doesn't mean he's going to be out versus us. Um, the Kings are 12th in the league in goals, 22nd in goals again. So, yeah, Todd McClellan, hello. <laughs> Fourth on the power play, 26th on the penalty kill. Do you see the formula here? <laughs> hello, <laughs> offense, yeah. Um, 17th in penalty minutes and so on and so forth. The Los Angeles Kings are up two to nothing versus the Wild. A one nothing shutout on Tuesday, November the eighth. One nothing shutout. That seven six demolition nonsense. Real early in the season was when a lot of us were like, "What is wrong with this team? What the hell? Seven goals?" And yeah, there was a, there were uh, multiple games of seven goals given up real early when we thought we had the worst goaltending in the league. Well, Mark Andre Fleury wasn't that for most of those, and Gustafson did stink at the beginning, so they kind of both did, and then they both got much better, so on and so forth. Kings are three and two in their last five, four three win versus at Florida. Pardon me, I'll say versus at home at yeah, simple, four three win at Florida, five two loss at Tampa. That would be a really cool Cup final, actually. Five to four loss at Carolina. That would be an interesting Cup final. Six nothing win versus Pittsburgh, and five to two win versus. Buffalo. Kings versus Buffalo in the final. Ooh. So they played all Eastern Conference teams. And went 3-2. and two. Wild were shut out 1-0. That, that had to be quick, right? 
Quick Man, like Mega Man. Yep, Jonathan Quick only faced 21 shots. Marc-Andre Fleury faced 30 and stopped 29. Fleury was playing pretty good uh, by November. The leading goal scorer is Kevin Fiala. Remember him? With 18. It's not like this elite number, but 37 assists. He's the leading scorer of your Los Angeles Kings with 55 points in 55 games. Anze Kopitar, the franchise player forever of the Kings. At least one of them anyway. 16 goals. Quick in a lot of ways was during their glory years. But Kopitar was a huge part of things. 16 goals, 30 assists. Adrian Kempe, 27 goals and 11 assists. Awesome season for him. A couple more points would be nice. Or assists, excuse me. Arvid, Arvidsson, I do believe he was with Nashville not too long ago. Um, 37 points for him on the season. Drew Doughty, guy who's been there forever, of course. One of the great defensemen. Uh, obviously, for many years, Fallo has been a pain in the butt for the Wild historically. Quinton Byfield, kind of slow out of the gate, taking a, taking a while, but we'll see, we'll see. So far, you can't say he's been this great uh, player. Uh, Alex Turco, remember that name? Hmm. Some of these guys are huge names coming into the draft. You know, Byfield, obviously, massive, massive name, but uh, only 11 points in 26 games. We'll see. He's still got time. Um, Carl. Carl Peters, Cal Peterson, don't know what's going on there. Jeez. Still a winning record because they scored so many goals. 375 quick. 340, 3.41 goals against average save percentage of 88-1. So they're kind of like Buffalo in a way. They're kind of like, yeah, they're like Buffalo. An, an elite offense and, you know, old, old, old goalies that aren't real good anymore. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? Okay, I, I can't get into that, can I? I'm just going to, that's sacrilegious, right? <laughs> and I'm definitely not saying cut flurry. I'm not being dramatic, but he's—it well, is what it is. Just being honest, I'm definitely not saying cut him. He could, he's a nice backup at the very least. If he's—I uh, guess he's a, a, plat, a platoon guy for now. But again, they're a lot like Buffalo. Great offense, old, not good goaltending, and the defense in front hasn't been like that good either. That's pretty safe to say, I, right? <laughs> so <laughs> six to nothing win though. That's impressive, obviously. That must have been uh, Phoenix Copla, Phoenix Phoenix Copley, getting a shout out. He's actually got the best numbers so far. He's seventeen and three on the season, so he's one of the reasons why the Kings have been surging. Seventeen and three on the season. Should I say it again? Okay, you heard it. Save uh, save percentage is just above ninety, but I don't know. That's a great record. So Copley's a huge reason for the Kings' immediate success. Early on, Quick kind of held on, kept them going. Peterson as well, but uh, Copley's the one reason why the Kings might go all the way this year. Make a huge playoff run, something like that. And they just might. I wouldn't be surprised if they won the division. It's either them or Edmonton. Or Seattle. The Seattle Seahawks. No, Vegas is in first, aren't they? They're in first by a point. By a point. Watch how the Kings probably got it. And Seattle's only two points behind. Edmonton's only two points behind. Calgary's, you know, weird. I don't know. I like the Flames a lot, but I think we know what's going on there. It's a, it's a coach who was so successful with the Kings and, and the Flames in the past, but it's like a Mike Zimmer in, in the hockey world at this stage. Just, I don't know, instead of get off my lawn, get off our lawn. <laughs> get off your own lawn, dude. <laughs> get off your, you know, move, move away. Move away, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Um, the Wild will... I don't think we're going to beat the Kings. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Like 5-3, it's going to be high scoring. 4-3. Three. 
I don't know. I think the Kings win, though. Fiala, of course, he's going to score against the Wild. Of course he is. Um, the guy who will score for Minnesota in that one is going to be Jules Eriksson-Eck. He'll find the back of the net. Sounds like a Jules Eriksson-Eck type of thing in a game that might be kind of a mess, but Jules Eriksson-Eck will be the best player for the Wild, I think, overall. If not Kaprizov, like, really showing up by having multi-goals, which wouldn't surprise me, but I think Jules Eriksson-Eck will score at least one goal in the game, and the Wild lose 4-3 to three to the Los Angeles Kings. Time to get to prospects immediately. So, <laughs> just want to keep moving. Actually, I'm enjoying that I'm doing fairly reasonable for time. The Liam Ogre, the uh, Liam, yeah, let's open things up with Liam, ay, 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 Liam Ogren, Ogren, it's Ogren. It's been back and forth forever, but uh, he's in the Swedish, the Swedish league, and I'm trying to attempt to wait that, uh, get that to load. Maybe I'll jump into favor here, because Elite Prospects is a bit of a mess at times, as good as a site as it is. Hockey Database is my favorite, of course, and huge shout-out to them. Brock Faber for the future national champion Grovers, who split with Wisconsin last week. What the heck? Come on, Wisconsin's not good this year. Ugh, no points for Faber either. 30, 30 games, 20 points, but Faber's not necessarily about the points. Uh, and the talk is that he would be a second-pairing defenseman for the Wild, possibly very soon here. Second-pairing, which could have been, again, who's the right-shot defenseman in the second-pairing? Well, who do you think it is? Um, it's not Alex Galagasi, it's Matt Dumba. So, <laughs> that type of thing. So, duh. No kidding. Um, he's a plus 20 on the season. Faber only eight penalty minutes. He's the captain. He's got leadership skills, we all know. And he's a very talented defenseman with a great future. Next, please. Liam Ogren, if I'm saying it correctly. There's a good chance I'm not. Still at 17 points in 30 games. 10 goals and 7 assists. Unfortunately, it looks like he's out. Looks like he's out. You got the red cross. That's why you didn't see any improvement with the numbers or games. You didn't see the game number go up either. So, unfortunately, he's out, as they say. That is a red cross. The red cross. The red cross. Sorry. Danilo, you're out. <laughs> I can't help myself. You should you should be around me at work some days when I'm just, you know, I, I can't help it. I'm sorry. I'm an obsessive-compulsive imitator. Now 55 games in the KHL. He has been playing, yes, but unfortunately the scoring has not been happening. MHL, he did play 10 games earlier in the season, had 11 points there in only 10 games, 2 goals, 9 assists. Again, he's more of a playmaker than an overall goal scorer, but so is Kaprizov at the beginning of his career too, so let's not kid ourselves. Things could change very quickly. Um, 55 games, still stuck at 11 points. I mean, I don't know, he's hanging in there, that type of thing, but unfortunately not... Um, uh, not adding any points uh, to the point total, so to speak, as goofy as that sounds. It was Nadinov. That's my guy. And, boy, he really is. Now he's at 39 points. He continues to step it up. Oh, 30 points in the KHL. Kunin would be an absolute star. No, I don't want to be a jerk. I know. Maybe you're listening to the show. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. But <laughs> just still, uh, I don't know about that. I really don't know. I think Huznadinov is clearly a better player than Luke Conant. I'm sorry. I didn't even talk about him. What a jerk. I am such a jerk. I'm going to backtrack very briefly. Oh, yeah. He's not on the... He's not on Nashville anymore. God, he's on the Sharks, isn't he? Duh. He's on the Sharks. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> that's Joey for you, isn't it? He's on the Sharks. Yeah. So, yeah, but I remember, it's like my mind stopped. Yeah, and unfortunately, he's... He had another ACL. He had another ACL. I'm sorry, Luke. I'm sorry. That's right. I, I, 
Oh, that sucks. Uh, 13 games, uh, 13 points on the season. Luke Cunning. I'm sorry, Luke. I am. I'm very sorry. Uh, obviously, I'm not trying to pick on anybody. So please don't take offense. I'm very sorry. So I'm, I am excited about Merritt Huznitinov, though, at the end of the day. Oh, Luke, speedy recovery. I'm, I'm, that sucks. <laughs> that, that really sucks. I'm not laughing either. Mm, uh, that's like a nervous thing there. Ugh, 11 goals, 68. Uh, 11 goals, I wish it was 68. 28 assists, that'd be kind of weird, though. 39 points in 60 win games. Huznitinov is doing a great job. Uh, at the end of the day, really appreciate it. And, I mean, he is a completely different player than he was even just last year. And last year, a lot of us were like, this guy's going to be good. You, you just had a feeling. It's just the scoring wasn't there. Now the scoring is showing up. So, what more is there to say? Uh, Luke Cunning is moving forward here. Uh, one more year in the KHL, and hopefully, pray to God, he is in the NHL. NH. Okay, you get the point. Um... Should I look at Nikita? Yeah, let's look at Boston Carlos. Nesterenko, okay, he's getting a couple points here lately. Almost at his career high, and he is on pace for a career high in his junior year with Boston College. Seven goals, 16 assists, almost exactly the same numbers as last year in less games, in nine less games. So that's good. And less penalty minutes, too. So only 16 on the season versus 50. Good. Uh, Marshall Warren, because that's the last thing we need is penalty minutes, right? Marshall Warren numbers are all down, all down from last year. Everything, unfortunately. Only two goals and seven assists, 28 points. And he has been more of a stay-at-home defenseman at the college level, but that's a pretty big drop-off. And when you're getting older, you'd think, I don't know, you'd think you'd be a, a factor more. And uh, But unfortunately, that's just not the case. Uh, I never got into the Iowa Wild. They did have an all-star break this week, but they played some games. In fact, they played last night another. They've lost a couple in a row lately. And that sucks. Uh, Sammy Walker's actually had slightly less than a point a game. He hasn't been scoring the last the last week or so. Even Nicholas Baton. It seemed like the offense is just kind of stalled in uh, Iowa. Beckman has been scoring goals, though. He's been one of the few uh, guys chipping away there. He's at more than half a point. 18 goals. Second on the team in goals. Just only nine assists. And I always talk about he's got good passing skills. At least there's something there. So, I don't know. Hopefully he can get the playmaking going to go with the goals. And then you have yourself a point-a-game player. At, at 18 goals in 43 games, he should be close to a point a game, but the lack of assists is uh, preventing that from happening. Joe Hicketts is a awesome defenseman at the AHL level. Uh, 26 years of age. He's not that old, and he's a guy who, you know, he's one of the, he's, he's like an eighth defenseman, though, if you know what I mean. Just like Nicholas Baton's a 14th or 13th or 14th forward. We get the idea, like, you know, just under the, <laughs> the next level, that kind of thing. Rossi's been quiet also as well. <sighs> Dang. Like, guys like Beckett, uh, Hicketts have been good, generally speaking. Um, but Iowa's not been winning games all of a sudden, so it's a bummer. Uh, Jesper Volstead's goals against average is still very good, 2.74. 13-8 <sighs> uh, on the season. Jane, J Zane McIntyre, not Jane. 9-9 on the season with a 3.22 goals against average and a save percentage of 89.3. Um, guys like Hunt and all them not scoring points either. Ryan O'Rourke did get his 8th assist this past week, so that's always awesome. 8 assists now in 46 games. Um, Damon Hunt, 38 games, 6 points. Still still stuck at 6 points. He's been there forever. Uh, Chaffee, yep, he's out for the season. 
So he only played 10 games. Unfortunately, he had a serious injury. Um, I thought I heard about that Luke Conant injury. How long has he? Yeah, he's been out for a while. I'm an idiot. God, I'm sorry. Maybe that's why people were getting mad. I'm sorry, Luke. I, yeah, that was a while back. I remember hearing about it now. I think I remember getting sad about it when we were when I was previewing the Sharks. I'm sorry, Luke. I really am. Because that's at least his second ACL. He had one here, too. Or was it with... Uh, yeah, it was here. He was already with the Wild. He'd kind of been up and down a bit and was looking really promising. And then, you know, and that was it. Uh, he looked super good at college, like like a, like a real goal scorer. But then once he got to the NHL, just kind of a gritty guy who people like very much. But, you know, wasn't that guy who was going to take the next step, unfortunately, to be a top six forward in the National Hockey League. <laughs> uh, Hunter Jones, what the hell? I guess we'll look at it. 3-12 and 12 on the season in with the Iowa Heartlanders, who have been pretty lousy. 3.24 goals against average. 22 games. I don't know. I mean, what more can you say? What more can you say? Nate Benoit. Yep. <laughs> now, yep, he's on the Waterloo Blackhawks. And in two games, how many points do you think he has? Zero. Yeah. <laughs> but he's with the Waterloo Blackhawks now from the Omaha Lancers. He was good with the Lancers, so... It's kind of sad. Kind of sad. Josh Pilar probably, yeah, he's not playing, is he? Nope. Nope, he's not been playing. 12 games, 12 points is all you need to know. Kyle Masters, <laughs> almost a point a game. 48 games with the Camelons Blazers, 47 points. Again, like I keep talking about, massive steps forward. 8 goals, 39 assists. He's been absolutely wonderful for the Camelons Blazers. Major, 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 major step forward for him. Caden uh, Bankier, huge step forward as well like 1.25 points a game at the WHL level, but it still counts for something. It's only 38 games, 25 goals, 27 assists. Balanced attack there, plus minus of 17, less penalty minutes. Unbelievable, you know, unbelievable jump forward again. He'll be uh, at least a nice AHLer, if not something beyond that. He is a third-round pick, so you never know. Maybe he will suit up for the Wild someday. It'd be a nice upgrade at one of the bottom six positions. Jack Pert, who I think could be a nice upgrade at defenseman someday, hopefully. Career high, 21 points for the St. Cloud State Huskies, who are one of the top teams in the country. Could be, uh, we'll see what happens. Two goals, just like last year, but 19 assists now, and plus 14 on the season. And it is a better team, and that's going to help your plus minus most of the time. Uh, Carson Lambos did reach the 40-point mark. Good for him. He got to 47 last year in 51 games. He's at 40 this year in 43 games. His numbers pretty similar to last year, including his plus-minus, which is now 43. That's gone up. 43 plus-minus. Awesome for the Winnipeg Ice and slightly less penalty minutes. Carson Lambos, obviously an important piece for, for the potential future of your Minnesota Wild. We're in the last run here. Hunter Haight, 32 points now in 27 games for the Saginaw Spirit. Saginaw Spirit, 12 goals, 20 assists, and a plus-three on the season. Well, at least for the Saginaw Spirit. With a slow start with the Barry Colts, but again, took off pretty rapidly by the Saginaw Spirit. Regar Lorenz still stuck at eight points. Again, he's playing a bottom bottom three, basically. Bottom six role for the uh, national champion, University of Denver. Um, but at least he's playing. At least he's playing. He's not scoring, but he's, he's getting valuable experience there. Michael Milne, kind of similar with the Iowa Wild. 
playing, getting valuable valuable experience, and again, a real tough, relentless type of guy for a shorter guy. Maybe he's like a Mason Shaw type of player at some point in the future. Yeah, you know, shorter guy, and again, plays plays his ass off, that kind of thing. Uh, pretty high scorer at the WL, uh, WHL, but at only 20 years of age in the AHL. Kind of similar to Huznadinov in the KHL, in a sense, maybe, but nah, no, he's not. Huznadinov's way better. <laughs> They're about the same age, so I will shut my mouth right here and right now on that. <laughs> it's, yeah, but Milne, we'll see. There might still be something. Uh, Ryan Healy's been out 25 games, 7 points. That's all you need to know, and that sucks. David Spachik. David Spachik. The point of game run is over, definitely. Um, now at 42 games, 9 goals, 28 assists, and 30, uh, 37 total points, but he's a plus 25 on the season. He was almost a point of game last year for the same team, so obviously the talent is very much there. Could end up being a great fifth round pick for the Minnesota Wild. Going forward, he would be a he's a right shot defenseman at six foot one eighty. Obviously might get larger over the course of time because he's super young. Petrovsky out of Slovakia. Spachek is out of Czechia. Petrovsky's out of Slovakia. That's the other half there, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, 44 games, 41 points. He's also been quiet. So kind of a quiet week for a lot of the prospects, unfortunately. Um, Beckman. Beckman was the best. He got he got a hat-trick this past week. He was the player of the week for MNW Guns. Uh, for, for MN Young Guns or MNW Prospects, however you want to look at the name. It's the same group. So, um, obviously... Nice week for Adam Beckman. He was the best prospect with a hat trick this past week in uh recent game here, or earlier in the week. Great, great run for him. So with that said, we'll take a quick break, and we're going to hear from Raycon next as we open up Fan Interaction. Wild segment number three, fan interaction segment. But first, let's hear from Raycon. What do you think of that? This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. So, yeah, <laughs> New Year's resolutions are what they are. They're not always the best. I'm going to get in better shape. I'm going to eat better, this and that. And then all of a sudden, you get the craving for, you know, fast food. It is what it is. <laughs> so that's what we've been through. I've actually found the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. So maybe like a small fry instead of a medium fry or something, right? <laughs> In the Even that does make a difference. Believe me, it does. Sounds crazy, right? In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something you use every day. Like my Raycons. And I do have Raycons, yes. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Yeah, really appreciate having mine. Uh, wonderful sound quality, uh, noise cancellation as well, especially a loud place like where I work. There's too many people, and there's a lot of people there that just don't give a crap. They'll talk really loud on their phone when you're having lunch. I just don't want to hear them. I want to hear what I'm listening to. So Raycons can help you with that in a big way. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery, yep, they have that too, that will last all night at your next party. 
Raycon's got you covered. Raycon has got you covered. <laughs> and yep, Raycon's start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So let's just name some right there. Yeah, it, it is cheaper. Um, but they're not cheap junk. They're, they're really good quality. They're really good quality with the, with the more reasonable price. That's, that's what makes these the best. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare. A pair and a spare, right? <laughs> and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Yep, so it's really great. Even if you know you love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you will feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. You gotta love that. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Yep, I mean, honest to God, I think they're wonderful. And as I said earlier, that noise cancellation makes a huge difference. And of course, the good quality, it's not like you turn it on and you hear like this, like, you know, maybe you want to listen to retro game music. And like, what is this? You know, and some of you that have bought maybe the cheap, the really cheap ones out there that, that make that crappy sound. Yeah, these aren't going to disappoint you like that. Um, so it's really, really nice. Uh, three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, <laughs> awareness mode, custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit. That's a huge thing because there's different sizes. Yep. In, in the box, crystal clear call quality. I can definitely vouch for that. Water and sweat resistant. Awesome. Um, hours of playtime. Uh, ready to buy something small with a big impact. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Gotta love that. Very, very, very good deal there. So, with that said, let's uh, attempt to jump into fan interaction. This time, hopefully I won't miss anything, though I was very happy to get into that Luke Conan conversation today. Luke Conan, uh, more of uh, who's Nadinov? Poor, poor Luke Conan. Oh, I feel like the biggest jerk in the world. But, yeah. I, and I remember him being hurt. Yep. But I'm still a jerk anyway, right? Yes. Yes. Addition by subtraction, which I think is almost like an ongoing thing. Yep, MNW, uh, MNW Young Guns, MNW Prospects, says, yep, and there's who's Nadinov right there. What do you think? That's why I shared it. Um, after today, who's Nadinov is 39 points, 11 goals, 29 assists, and 60 games. This is the best 20-year-old KHL season. Yep, so of all the 20-year-olds, he's the best one. Even though it's in more games, he is closing in on Kaprizov's amount and has done better than guys like uh, Panarin and Butnovich. Bu uh, there are six games left in SKA season. Yeah, that's why I was showing how, yep, there aren't many games left. Same with uh, Danilo Europe and all them. Um, yeah, he's in, he's number two. Who's Netsnoff? Who's who's Netsoff? Yep, who's Netsoff had, uh, who's Netsnoff? I'm sorry, who's Netsoff had uh, 51 and 51 games he had 44 points and these were all at their 20 year old yeah at 20 years of age who's Nadinov two points behind Kirill Kaprizov 59 games versus 46 but still still good numbers good numbers and that's when I was showing him at 38 points versus 39 so uh Butchnovich yep guys like that so he's ahead of them Panarin pretty cool numbers actually um and I was telling Derek great first episode you got both uh, you both got right to it and aren't afraid to tell it like it is regardless if the homers want to hear it or not 
congrats, Priest and Assist and Kalisha Tomzell. Welcome to the hockey podcasting world. Because he was, yep, because they had shared their show. And again, follow Crease and Assist and Kalisha Tomzell anytime you want. Interact with them and get on their show, no doubt. Derek says, thank you for the praise and support. We're glad you liked what you heard so far. You've been very helpful with the podcast so far. Thank you. Thank you very much for saying that. Thanks again for your advice and thoughts. Yep, you know, like, you know, like bumper sound sometimes. You, you notice on mine, if you, yeah, it, anybody out there that would do a show, it, a, a, a lot of times with bumper music, sometimes if you just kind of put it in straight, it's going to be too loud. It's going to be like, oh, like that. <laughs> and I used to do that, and I was like, oh, wow, because when I listened back, I like, so I, I learned to kind of, you know, the different tracks, you can turn them down. That's kind of a cool thing. So, um, yeah, it's like that's kind of just one little example of things, you know, and yeah, it's, Sometimes it's amazing. See, I do this show, and you feel like, oh, oh, you know how to do it, right? And what, why would somebody know how to do something they've never done before? It's like I've done 1,100 episodes, so it feels so routine for me. Sometimes I forget that. Actually, back in the day, I used to like be sweating in front of the computer, like, what do I do? And that can be really tough, especially if the software is way different. So yeah, I <laughs> yeah I could I could definitely understand. Um, Derek put up a poll and said, given the way the Wild are playing right now, what do you think the organization should do? Please retweet. Um, big slash, big slash, uh, big splash trade for number one center, fire sale trade away, do nothing, play it out, or too soon to tell. I, what do you think I voted for? What was the name of the last episode? <laughs> Addition by subtraction. Fire sale, trade away. And that doesn't mean trade Caprice off, trade Boldy. No, it's trading away the uh, the junk. Trim, trim the fat, so to speak. That was what I put. 48.5%. That's in first place. Do nothing played out in second with 21.2%. Too soon to tell is in third place, 167 And last place, dead last, big splash trade, number one center. Because you'd be giving up the farm, possibly, and still losing the first round. Sounds familiar. Um, okay, NHL history girl Derek uh, shared this one. Where were you when you heard uh, when you heard this bit of Minnesota Wild news? I know exactly where I was. On this date in 2016, that would be February 13th. Mike Yo was fired. Yep, and it's interesting to think. Um, was it February 14th, 2020? Bruce Boudreaux was fired. So that's interesting. Happy Valentine's, Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota Wild coaches. Um, yeah, I know exactly where I was. I was sitting, uh, I was having lunch at work, I believe. Yeah, you know, like work lunch because it's second shift. So it was like five something. And all of a sudden, that do do dun do do dun wildfire Mike Yo. It was like that. Um, I mu- it must have been, uh, I must have been working weekends. I think I was. Because it must have been a matinee. They were beaten pretty badly by the Boston Bruins that day. And it was like, I kind of knew. I think everybody kind of knew, like, that was it. The Wild gave almost no effort in that game. It was bullcrap. And then there it was, Wildfire Coach Mike Yo. So the rumors were over, and there was now a fact. Um, I was saying, what's next for the Minnesota Wild? Ask uh, ask Brave the Wild and tag it. Hashtag BGWO Man and ask as many questions as you like, so on and so forth. I'll click on the notification thing to make sure I don't miss stuff. Jay Bushy says, do we see... Do uh, do we see a forward or two up from Iowa to possibly help secondary scoring? I wouldn't be against that. Uh, let's see where the response is. I mean, there was a response. Yep, Steve Snyder says, let's hope so. Yeah, I, I, I think they have to do something. And, of course, tr- making a trade away for a, a draft pick or something or, like, another prospect 
like a, a prospect, like a younger, you know, that maybe they're not super high on, but maybe we like a little more when it comes to like the Dumbas, the Ryan Harvins, and the Greenways. But I mean, it could be draft pick, could be another prospect, maybe a decent prospect. Maybe we come ahead and then open up a spot for Sammy Walker. Um, the first guy I would call up would be Sammy Walker. The second guy I'd call up would be Marco Rossi. Um, unfortunately, the whole damn team down there quieted down the last week or so, which is weird. Uh, hopefully they can wake up and get going. You can't blame the All-Star break for that because everyone else had the All-Star break too. It's funny when people say, oh, it's the All-Star break. Maybe they're just kind of lackadaisical. Unacceptable. Everyone else had the same break. Come on. I remember when a, a person years ago was like, oh, you know, the Gophers that were sucking so bad in the late 2000s, like 2008-ish, they were sucking so bad. 2008, 2008. Well, they're in school. Give them a break. Um, so is Harvard. So is Harvard's harder than Minnesota, I'm sure. <laughs> Harvard was good around that time, if I remember correctly. So, yeah. So it's like, give me a break. Come on, people. <laughs> um, Mike Moko V65 says, I thought the Wild played pretty strong. Yeah, yep. They played a pretty strong game against the Avs, but a few mistakes here and there. But damn, soft goals killing us. Exactly. That's why Fleury got the uh, negative award. We better... Uh, we need better net minding. Yeah. Yep. Flurry was not good in that game. Yep, you nailed that one, Mike. Why didn't I click like on that? Sorry. It's a click now. Brian Herrera. Jay Bushy, Brian Herrera. Yep, love you guys. Uh, yeah, I love hearing from Mike, too. Brian Herrera says, Last year in the playoffs, I called that grief line. I called that the grief line was figured out. <sighs> this year, it does seem to be the case. <laughs> yeah. How... How would you break up, break up them, and where do you put them? 14, I would place between 26 and 12, which I think they did, right? Yep, Hick and Boldy, yep, on the, on the Boldy line, that number two Boldy line. Um, 17 with 89 and 21. That doesn't sound bad either. Goudreau and Goudreau, that's a nice line. And then Greenway with uh, Shaw, and that's good. Until traded, that's actually really well done, Brian. That's really good, actually. I actually like those ideas. Yep, because kind of like a big, big bulky. Well, Shaw isn't big, but he plays gritty and all that with uh, Reeves in Greenway. That probably isn't the dumbest idea, actually. And it's, it's probably has to be them. Um, Felino with Goudreau and, and uh, Duhame. I kind of like that, too. I kind of like that. Uh, I'm not complaining about that one bit. And then have Dewar up. Yeah, have Dewar up with Boldy, huh? Dewar up with Boldy and. and uh, because he's a decent skater, isn't he? You know, you're pretty good, Brian. I like that. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with any of that. You know, that's really good. <laughs> like, you know how sometimes, like, oh, I know what I'm talking... No, Brian knows what he's talking about. That's pretty good. If I'm going to sit here and disagree with that, I think I'm being dumb, actually. And then, of course, the top line is the top line, even though Ryan Harmon belongs on a top line about as much as I do. Okay, maybe not quite that bad, but... Yeah. Oh, have you seen me skate? Let's leave that alone. <laughs> you don't want to know. Anyhow, Derek Felska lightning round, as uh, <laughs> as uh, Kramer, Jim Kramer would say, the lightning round on uh, Mad Money. I need to get a soundbite for that. Would you be supportive of a WHA retro reverse for cities franchises that have connections to WHA teams? I'd love to see the Fighting Saints colors sweaters hit the ice. Absolutely. Absolutely, or hell yes, or 
heck yes or <laughs> get, get her done. Yeah, all the above. Yes, uh, D, all the above. Yes, I would. I think that'd be a lot of fun. And I know uh, Dan Winnesota would like that as well because he made a, yeah, he, he made a statement about that uh, weeks ago about this, yeah, it was the 50-year anniversary for the Fighting Saints and then we, we just didn't acknowledge it. And that was a bummer because 50 years is 50 years. 50 years that only happens once. So that was a really good point. And yeah, Derek, you nailed that. Yeah, absolutely. See, see how nice the fan interaction is on this show and we're just getting started basically. That's a, whew, you guys are good. Anyhow, Derek Felska says, in recent review, Marcus Felino in a recent interview, I could say that a little better, huh? Marcus Felino suggested he didn't want to see the team subtract players based on their poor play, citing the team is pretty close. Isn't that the country club all over again? Should Garen respect that request or not? No, he shouldn't. Yeah, I hate that kind of stuff. God, I hate that. You have you have to. You have to. Like Ryan Hartman and stuff. I mean, he might be the coolest guy ever. You know? Greenway. Oh, we love Greenway. It's greener. Oh, it's greener and it's the grief line. You trade away Greenway, I quit. Well, if you quit, then there's the door. You know? Maybe Felino should get traded if he's saying that kind of stuff. There's something rooted here that's not working. It's something we do every day and uh, that does, yeah, happens here every day and uh, we need to change it, right? Uh, it's kind of like a paraphrasing what Garen said years ago. Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe that's it. I mean, Felino hasn't exactly been playing well. He hasn't. And it's kind of like a nudge, nudge, hinge, hint. I'm one of the guys who hasn't been playing well. I, I don't want to be traded, damn it. Well, maybe I don't necessarily want to trade him either. But sometimes certain guys have to go. If you're, yeah, you're close and everything, but you're not winning Jack. You know, you're not winning Jack. Like, what kind of memories are that? You know, that year we were 500 and missed the playoffs? Man, we had so much fun, though. Yeah, you know that year we, we got to the playoffs and lost in five games to the the whoever, you know, the Winnipeg Jets? God, that was a fun year. Oh, how about, yeah, winning a Stanley Cup, you know, with the right players? It's a little better. So, awesome take there. Um, I missed... What is wrong with me? Okay, I missed the one right below it, but that's okay. It's right in front of me. Derek Felska, lightning round. Continues. Yeah, um, Garen should not request it. Long, <laughs> long story longer. Is Jordan Greenway playing poorly in an attempt to not be traded, or do you think he may be injured and is playing a finesse game to try to avoid considerable physical contact? He seems to have forgotten how he was successful. That, that could be. That could be he's kind of like, and I don't. I think it could be more like the, the latter, that maybe he is hurt a bit. And you know how they always say there's all kinds of, you know, hockey injuries that people don't understand. Like the kind of injuries you can play through, but it's, you're not the same guy. Like you have the biggest bruise ever on your leg or your, you know, your ankles messed up, something like that. Your knee is extremely sore um, or if something goes wrong and you're toast, you know, maybe an Achilles, believe it or not. Who knows? I think they said lower body type of thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of it. Still, it's, I don't know, then he shouldn't play. You know, if it's so bad, he shouldn't. He probably shouldn't play. And he was out for an extended period a while back. Who knows if he's got a partially torn tendon somewhere or something. I mean, that's kind of scary. Remember uh, Bruno, Andrew Brunette, played with a partially torn ACL like a whole year one time. That was crazy. Like, how do you even do that? So, um, and I agree, he does seem to forget have forgotten how, how he was successful because he had some good seasons. There's just no sense of urgency out of Greenway whatsoever. It's like, I don't know, 
D'Angelo Russell out there with the Wolves. Just sometimes he was so he was very lackadaisical. Continuing the lightning round, uh, Derek Felskuk at Crease and Assist says, "Is Matt Boldy snakebit, or is he just not that great of a scorer? He has gone through two pretty long droughts for a player who gets set up to shoot a lot. Is it more important for him to get a decent line mate rather than a number one center?" Um. Uh, it could be. It, it could be. Uh, he does need a decent line mate, no doubt. And best case scenario, you wind up with both. But he definitely needs a, a decent line mate. There's no doubt. Uh, he is super duper young. Uh, that turnover he had was it against Colorado? Was like, what was that? It wasn't like a pick six type of like a thing, like an NFL or you know those odd man rushes that lead to, to goals necessarily. But it was still pathetic looking. Uh, it looked like a, a a little boy versus like you know. A monster. That's what it looked like. It was like, what was that? So, I don't know. I, I think there's something kind of, some something's missing from Boldy. Obviously, the skill is there, but the the, the results aren't. So, I, I, I do think he definitely needs a, a legitimate line mate. Even like a Walker, like we said earlier. Walker, we probably said it too many times. Or he doesn't have to be a star player, but a good player that fits. Uh, next one, Derek Selska says, have you seen any noticeable improvement in the Minnesota Wilds' top line since they moved Ryan Harmon to first-line center? How many players do you think this team is away from being a Stanley Cup contender as it is currently formulated? Uh, kind of like the Vikings, like a, as a Super Bowl team, you know, with that crappy defense that needs about nine players, you know, that kind of, okay, not quite that many, but a lot. Um, I think the Wilds are, are quite a ways away, unfortunately. We have some pieces, obviously, that are pillars of the franchise. I think we have a legitimate starting goalie right now and a nice backup, but a legitimate starting goalie in Philip Gustafson, not Flurry. Uh, we have a, a superstar in Kirill Kaprizov. You have a nice captain who isn't great, but very good, Jared Spurgeon. Um, but there's a, uh, Zuccarillo is a great setup guy who can score as well. He's getting older, unfortunately, but yeah, obviously he's a wonderful piece. So we have pieces, but Ryan Hartman on the top line, maybe he's just a teeny tiny. It's like a slight improvement, very slight, not not really noticeable, very slight. Um, how many players do I think this team is away from winning the, the Stanley Cup or being like a cup contender anyway? Um, the way it's currently formulated. Well, so yeah, at least... At least maybe a defenseman or two away, at least. And Brodeen's had a crappy season, but I don't think Dumba's helping his cause. I really don't. Imagine, like, Faber with Brodeen instead. That could end up being a pretty good pairing. If Faber is what they say, that could be an awesome pairing. Could be. Um, right now, the Wild are tied with the Flames. I'm seeing on the screen the Oilers are the top wild card. So we're kind of we're tied with the Flames. Losing to Colorado knocked us down because Colorado was below us barely. Uh, sorry. Um... But that's a huge thing that's going on with the Wild right now as well. Gosh, how many? Uh, probably like, it's it's a number. It's a big number. At least one or two defensemen. Forwards, gosh, I mean, like a number one center. That doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, a 100-point guy. But a, a good center, a good center who can, you know, play in the top six. To me, that's, you know, something. Um, at least one good center. You still have uh, Jules Erickson next, so that's good. Probably like two or three forwards. 
There were probably about five players away, I think, honestly. That might be exaggerated. Maybe some people might think that's that's pretty milk toast. I'll say about five players. Long story longer. Brian Herrera, I read that one. That was an awesome, awesome uh, thing. And then also Mike also as well. So, yep, everything has been read now. Uh, I'm going to make 100% sure of the notifications. I'm going to backtrack a little bit just in case. Sometimes like, oh, how did I miss that? Yep, looks like there's nothing there. So, yeah, that was awesome. Awesome fan interaction. Really, like, <laughs> that was really good. So I really appreciate every one of you that did get involved with this. And do check out the Crease and Assist podcast. Another shout-out, of course, Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, David Costick, Chance Costick, David Abraham, Kathy Main, Chad Walski, Michael Fick. You could go on forever. What a great Facebook page. Uh, Patrick Turner from Florida. Minnesota Wild Nation, what a great page as well. And, boy, they brought a wonderful uh, group of people from Florida to listening to this show. I mean, it is incredible. I, I, I love you, Florida. And I say that with sincerity. You've been uh, the number one state for Minnesota. Interestingly enough, one in a million chance, because but he is following. <laughs> he is following Brave the Wild. <laughs> a guy by the name of Mario Andretti. Mario Andretti is following Brave the Wild, which is off the charts crazy. Um, Mario Andretti is following Brave the Wild on, uh, on, on Twitter. So... He, he, he's in Florida, so I don't know if he has anything to do with it. Maybe he's listening, maybe not. But in, just in case, one in a million chance, Mario Andretti is listening to Brave the Wild. Hello, Mario Andretti. An amazing, amazing career. Uh, all the respect in the world. And Michael Andretti did a hell of a job as well um, for an extended period. So um, now it's saying Iowa. What is it? Well, yeah, this thing does fluctuate. But yeah, Florida, still quite a few people from Florida listening to the show and still greatly appreciated the... Sometimes I wonder what the heck is up with this. <laughs> it's so weird. So apparently I've had a big jump from uh, Iowa, but I don't think there's that many downloads from that one little spot in Iowa. It's like one city. So sometimes this thing acts really weird. But Tampa, Florida is still very, a very, very strong following. I really appreciate each and every one of you, no doubt. Uh, Patrick Turner and others out there. And maybe Mary Wendretti. <laughs> Um, MNW Guns and MNW Prospects. Awesome, awesome, awesome page and Twitter account, Facebook page and all that. Huge keeping up with the prospects on the wild, in the KHL, in the AHL, in the ECHL, in college, in juniors, uh, and overseas. Great, great page to keep up with the prospects. There's always that hope, again, that, uh, you know, uh, the the next Kaprizov, the next you know, like a, a super valuable center that's going to help this team someday, like who's Nadinov, guys like that. Uh, Ogren, Danila Yurov, guy, you know, it's, it's so much fun to keep up with those guys, and they do an amazing job. So thank you guys very much. Uh, Pavel Bonet out of Chechia. Merrick Skyba also hasn't posted lately, but I know he was part of the founding of it. Like, I know I, I was uh, pretty much with him real early as well. Uh, Pavel Bonet. Um, and then there's... Brandon Quas out of Wisconsin. Justin Baki out of uh, the Duluth area and also a big part of the Sound the Foghorn podcast. Huge shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for the great job you do on that page. Really proud to be at, at least at least in support of it as well. Um, I, I should be writing for it as well, but I mean, it's my own fault for not getting involved as much this year. But um, I'm going to shout out to them forever. 
uh, and always thank Polo Lynette for doing an amazing job on the on the show logo. With that said, and he's also a huge, huge part of uh, Minnesota Wild Global as well, Pablo Bennett, yeah, great guy out of Chechia. Um, with that said, that should about wrap things up. You're always welcome to call into the show, and of course, when you tweet, hashtag BTWMN, hashtag BTWMN, like we've been doing. It keeps things organized, and it's been so much fun. Awesome comments today. Really appreciate all of you, and we will talk to you in a week. Hopefully the Wild can step things up, or uh, uh, certain guys can ship out. Mm-hmm.